we've got a series going at the moment called Healthy Relationships. Uh, I'm going to bring a tenuous link because we've got the uh, commissioning that I more want to speak into. Um, so there is a tenuous link to the, the healthy relationships today because uh, we're talking about becoming a people of influence, being a person of influence. And and so uh, next week we'll get right back into healthy relationships a little bit more. Who knew that this week was marriage week? Did anyone know that? No. no. So we're going to, I figure we'll postpone marriage week and we'll do marriage week next week. But what I want you to do, if you're, if you're married, if you're married, to think about in the next two weeks, you might do this regularly anyway, but to think about in the next two weeks. Uh, to have a, a, a one night where you say it's date night. Yeah? Just one night in the next two weeks. If you're great, if you do it every week, fantastic. But if you haven't had a date night for a month, two months, ten months, yet, what, set aside, aside a time for date night in these next two weeks. I'd love to hear about that. And if you're, if you're not married, that's, that's okay. Um, maybe you want to put your hand up and say, hey, I could help with babysitting or something like that. Uh, you could go to a married couple who you think, actually, they could do with a date night. I'll put my hand up for, for, um, for babysitting that night. That'd be awesome. Should we try that? I'd love to hear some stories. That'd be really cool. So healthy relationships. Um, and I, as I was thinking about Jordan's role as our Youth and Young Arts pastor at KSBC, I thought about that it is a position of influence, isn't it? It's a very much a position of influence. Uh, it's a, a role that uh, Jordan is taking on to influence a generation. Um, good luck with that, Jordan. Okay, well. <laughs> but it's there. And as I thought about this week about influence, what does influence mean? What is that term about? I did a little bit of research on influence, and writer um, John Maxwell, who's known for his leadership writings, he says that leadership is influence. Leadership is influence. Another writer, W.M. Taylor, says that influence is the exhalation of character, the, the breathing out of character. If I sort of join those two together, we could say that influence is leading through being a person of good character or leading through your character. It doesn't necessarily mean good because we influence if we're not good, don't we? Because some might say... <clears throat> that, that uh, influence, you can influence for good or bad, can't you? There's no, no reason you, good is the only influence that you can have. Character, therefore, is important in influence. So we all have some, some sort of character. We might have good character, we might have bad character. Um, some people might be honest, some people might be deceitful. Some people might be reliable, some people you might not uh, sort of um, place your... Yeah, you trust in fully. But what we know is, regardless of good or bad, you have a sphere of influence in somebody's life. And we see it within the lives of young people especially, and there's a lot of studies that would say that when a young person especially becomes a young teen, they will look for someone to emulate, someone to be a part of their lives. They no longer want to follow exactly their parents. Their parents are the old people in their lives now, and they want to find someone that they want to be like. So as a parent, this is a reason why it's important to get yourself, uh, get your children to youth group or to get your children into a, a small group, your, your uh, teenagers into small groups, because they want to find someone that they can 
be like, someone that they can say, I, I like that person, I want to be like them. Because if, if, they, if they find someone that they grab hold on to, they will say, yeah, I'm going to be exactly like them. So if they don't find that within the confines of the church or a small group or a youth group, through a leader, through someone that they trust, they'll find it somewhere else. They'll find it because they will want to follow someone. So we might as well find someone that they can trust within the confines of youth group. So this morning, we've brought Jordan into our midst to be a person of influence and I thought it'd be good, therefore, to look at someone else who had a fairly decent influence on the world uh, in his space. And so I opened up the scriptures and found Paul. Fairly influential fellow in the starting of the, the, the church um, and the growth of the early church. So I thought, we'll have a look at him. And especially that last verse that we read today talks about his influence or gives us an inv- indication of his, the influence that he had. It says in Galatians 1.24, and they glorified God because of me. They glorified God because of me. Now, that's not an arrogant statement from Paul. It's not like Paul goes, I'm the one, I'm the man. It's not that at all. It's a statement that shows the influence Paul's Christian character had on the early church. They saw it and they said, we need to do something to be a little like that. So this morning, we're going to have a look at three, three areas in which we can become a person of influence. And they do align with our mission as a church to share Jesus, to care for others, and to encourage Christian growth. So let's pray and figure out how we can be influencers. So God, this morning, help us to listen to your word and to understand how we can apply it to our lives, that we may be people of influence for you in the world. Amen. So three ways that we can become people of influence or becoming a person of influence. First of all, we need to be Jesus type of people. We need to be Jesus people. And to be a Jesus person, um, we need to uh, do what uh, Paul says in um, verse 10. He says in verse 10 of chapter 1, am I now seeking human approval or God's approval? Or am I trying to please people? If I was still pleasing people, I would not be a servant of Christ. See, Paul, first and foremost, seeks the approval of God above the approval of people. He's a, he's a Jesus person. He's a God pleaser. Now, pleasing people will often lead just to disappointment, doesn't it? Trying to please people will lead to disappointment because we don't stand up to the expectations of others. Humans have a, a really good knack, and you might think of an example for yourself, have a good knack of saying one thing but really meaning something else. I, I was thinking about this in, in, our, in, in our relationship, in my relationship. And um, often, Solari will say, are you having a cup of tea? And I'll say, no, I'm not having a cup of tea. I'm having a cold drink. But that wasn't, the, that wasn't what Solari was asking. All the guys are going, oh, I know. <laughs> Solari was really asking. Would you like to make me a cup of tea? (laughs) Sometimes I pick that up. Sometimes I'm wise to it. Often I'm not. (laughs) No, no, not at all. We've got a good knack of saying something, but really meaning something else. We, We can't live up to the expectations of humans all the time. Yet God sets out his expectations in such a way that we know what the standard is. We know where the standard, where the bar is set. 
God gives us his word. We understand his word. We read his word. We acknowledge his word. Just what um, Daniel was saying about the, the holiday club. Do we know it? And if we do, how do we live that out? God gives us Jesus as an example that we can follow, that we can understand. And God gives us the Holy Spirit to help us make decisions on that journey as well. Are we Jesus people? People who are following Jesus in such a way that our concern is of Jesus and not of others. Are we seeking human approval or God's approval? It doesn't mean we disregard others in the process, does it? It doesn't mean we just go, well, I'm, I'm just seeking to be a God person, so I'm not going not to regard anyone else. That doesn't sort of have it. And one of the things we've talked about, especially in our blessed series that we did a few months back, was that we are here to be a blessing to others. We are blessed as a people of God to bless others. So to be a blessing, we must seek to serve those around us. And Paul himself says that I've become all things to all people. But it doesn't compromise his number one priority of being a Jesus type of person. See, being a person who is seeking to please or honour God first and foremost actually opens the door to serving others. It actually opens the door to sharing about Jesus as well. Because people start to see that, that you've got a, a different priority. You're not seeking to please humans. You're seeking to go, all right, God, how can I serve? And people start to ask that question. What's different about that person? It leads to curiosity. So we need to live out our lives as Jesus people to be people of influence for the kingdom of God. But it leads to another thing. Because we can live out a life, but do our words match the living? We must not just lead a Jesus type of life, but we've got to be a, a, a Jesus talker. That's a funny statement, I suppose. It's not the best statement in the world, but you understand what I mean. See, our lives must reflect Jesus, but our words must also do the same. And I'm not just talking about don't go to work and swear and that sort of stuff, or don't gossip behind the scenes and uh, don't, don't uh, put people down. I'm not just talking about that sort of stuff. I'm talking about where our language actually helps one another and those who don't know Jesus to see the action of God in the world today. Do our words actually help point people to Jesus? When you're continually speaking about what Jesus is doing in and through your lives... Our lives aren't just a, a visual reflection of Jesus, but it also becomes the, the verbal representation of Jesus in the world. We saw it, um, if you're here, when the Dross came. The Dross are one of our missionary uh, family. They came and they shared with us their story about what God's doing in their lives. And their language was very much, we felt God was doing this. We had a sense that God was speaking to us in this space. We asked God what to do, and God revealed this to us. We were, we were in no doubt that God was doing something in our lives. And maybe, maybe it's just that we're a bit nervous to, to put the label of God on what God's doing. Maybe we're just a bit nervous to say, oh, I feel like God's speaking to me in this way. Because maybe someone would look at you a bit differently and go, well, how do you know? I've got a sense that, that God's doing this. Let's, let's speak it out. 
Speak out what God's doing in and through your life. Because to be influencers for Jesus, people need to know that we believe that Jesus is doing something. See, who you want to please most in life will determine the influence that you have. See, if you are out to please your spouse or your teacher or your boss or a friend, you'll make an influence in their lives for sure. But if you're out to please and honor God in your, the way you act but also in your words, you're going to have a kingdom-sized influence. and You'll make an influence on the world. Be a Jesus type of person and your life will be the example that others look for for their reference to Jesus. Flip it around. Think of those who influenced you for Jesus. So when you were just curious about this man Jesus, or when you were growing up, or, and, and, and there might have been someone in your life that showed you Jesus. Was it that person that you wanted to follow? Was it that, I want to see what, what's in them. For me, it was my friends. They had something very different to the footy crowd. I had my two crowds, my church crowd and my footy crowd. And these people had something that I just couldn't run away from. These guys, I could see they were going in some funny ways. But these ones, these churchy guys that had invited me to youth group, they were the ones I went, there's something about them I need to know about. They spoke a different language. They acted a different act. And I said, I've got to know Jesus because of them. Now, not everyone's going to accept that. Not everyone's going to accept your speech. And indeed, being a pastor, sometimes it's a little difficult when you strike up a conversation with someone in the schoolyard. I saw this at Newport quite a bit. You go into the schoolyard and say, hi, how are you doing? It's nice to meet you. I'm um, Pete. And um, what do you do? And then inevitably, it comes back to you. What do you do? Oh, I'm the pastor of the church. Oh, good. And then they walk away. Okay, good. All right. Well, that was a nice little conversation. So I started going down a different way. Uh, hi, I'm Pete. How are you doing? What, you, what do you do? Oh, yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, I'm a shepherd. I, I have a flock of sheep that I lead. Yeah, that's, that's just weird. <laughs> How do you win? <laughs> but, but I'm not going to compromise the person that Jesus has made me to be. I'm not going to compromise that regardless of what the world may say. I will not compromise. I'll try not to be as weird as talking about sheep, but I won't compromise. And this is the same within the church. We're not going to compromise what we believe Jesus is leading us to be, the things that we believe in, the things we value. Because as a Jesus church, we live by Jesus' values, and Jesus' values lead us towards our mission to share Jesus, care for others, and encourage Christian growth. So Jordan, first thing I want you to do is to do Jesus type of person. We see it in your character, but we also hear it in your words. Continue to be that person. The second thing we need to do to be a person of influence is that we need to be caring, but we need to care from a place of health. Care from a place of health. And Paul is pretty open in our reading today of the, the transformation that went through his life. Galatians 1.13 said, I was violently persecuting the church of God and was trying to destroy it. Ooh, that's, that's some heavy words. Yet, God grabbed him. God moved him in a new way. God transformed him from persecutor to proclaimer. 
It doesn't say that he all of a sudden became a pastoral care expert or anything like that. <laughs> it doesn't say that at all. But he has become a man that cares so deeply for the church that he now risks his life to proclaim the gospel that had moved him, that had changed him, that had made him this new person. Paul's public ministry moved from a place where um, these new Christian believers, this, this new way, they were scared. They were threatened of him. They didn't want to meet this guy. And it changed to this ministry that, like we read in verse 24, others glorified God because of him. Jordan, you're called by God to be a person of care, caring for the youth and young adults in this space. But this week we've heard a lot about care and reminded about care for others, haven't we? It's been a very real and very hard week in the, in the media, especially when we hear the very public news of uh, football personalities, larger-than-life personalities who, um, who, who have died, and we think of Danny Frawley today, who lost his battle with depression and mental illness. There's also another uh, person you might have seen on Facebook, if it was going around Facebook, there's a pastor of a big American church, Jared Wilson. He was a a large church pastor. He was a mental health advocate. Both of these men lost their struggle this week against mental health. A week in which we're reminded that on Tuesday it was World Suicide Prevention Day, and on Thursday it was Are You Okay Day. It's hard. And while we're looking to be people of influence, our number one priority, and Jordan, this is for you, but this is for each of us, is that we need to have a, a, a care for self. Now, that doesn't mean we do it by ourselves at all. That's not what I mean. Self-care isn't that we self-preserve, that we look insular, that we do things on our own. It actually means that we do things together. A care for self means that we have people around us that love us, that care for us, that pray for us, that equip us, that help us through the tough times. People that we can chat to and say, you know, I'm doing it, I'm doing it tough. People that will ask us that question, are you okay? And not just walk away. Because through the hard times, when you're starting to struggle, that's when you need those questions. And not just from someone that you don't know, but someone who loves you and cares for you and wants the best for you. And the reality is, to be a person of influence within a ministry, within your home, within your workplace, you need to be able to minister and care for others. But we do that best when we have a a, a sense of care of our own of ourselves it's harder to do it when you're wrestling through your own stuff isn't it so perhaps if you haven't got a network of care around you we have a pastoral care network in the church but perhaps and I talked about this uh, when we we're doing the blessed series as well perhaps you just need to find one or two people one or two people that you really trust that you love that you've journeyed with for a little bit and meet up weekly, meet up fortnightly, however many times it might be, and pray together, and to journey together, 
and to ask the question of each other, are you okay? Because when we get to that stage of being able to be open and honest to the one or two, then we're actually going to be able to care for the one or two and for the people that we influence as well. Jesus is our ultimate example in this, isn't he? He's the one that often would go off and find a quiet space before going and ministering to other people. He's the one that would, would re, 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 um, draw away from the crowds rather than running into the crowd before he would do that. So he could say, I need my father first. So we have to be caregivers, yes. But our best way of caring, our best space of caring is if we are cared for as well. So Jordan, be a caregiver for sure. But care also comes from us to you. We want to care for you. We want to care for your uh, spiritual journey, the practical side of things for your young family. We want to be here for you because we want to see you care for others around you and for the youth and young adults in this church. And we don't want to see that happen just for the next year. We want to see it happen for the long haul. So start with care, that you may be a caregiver, an influencer through care. The third and final thing uh, of being an influencer is to encourage growth. Our, on our wall, it talks about encouraging Christian growth. If you come in the door, you'll see the, the three things of our mission. It uh, says encourage Christian growth. But we, we need to be encouraging growth. In Galatians 2 verse 1, it says, After 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem. See, Paul didn't stay in the one place. He went around to a whole lot of places, encouraging and encouraging and encouraging the church to continue on. And he kept going back to places. He didn't stay in one place and then go away and just leave them there. He kept on going back to places. Paul's main concern within the churches was that he was visiting, that they would have sound doctrine, that they would uh, live out what they were preaching, that they wouldn't get these false teachings in there and get complacent in their, uh, their church life. And he goes back to Jerusalem and it says this um, afterwards, it says, he does it so that he will lay before them the gospel. That he goes back to share the gospel again to make sure they're continuing to advance the kingdom. And as we influence people, we should also be uh, living to encourage the growth of the fellow Christians around us. Proverbs 27 verse 7 says, iron sharpens iron, or as iron sharpens iron, so one person just uh, sharpens another. We've got to be influencers to those around us that we may find them to be influencers for Christ as well. Are you influential in the growth of the people that you're close to? Whether that be in knowledge of scripture or encouragement to walk a walk of faith in a different way, in teaching, we all have a part in encouraging growth. Maybe utilising those prayer triplets is a good thing, and I'm uh, part of one now that, that we're using the YouVersion Bible app. Has anyone got that, that app on their Bible? There's a few people who got that app. It's a fantastic app. If we go to the next slide, Dawn, um, a fantastic app. It's a really um, powerful app because what it does is uh, it can keep you accountable to reading your Bible. Um, so in our group, we've got uh, three of us in the group, and we've, we're starting to read through uh, Paul's letters, actually. And uh, I can tell 
when they haven't read their, their it gives a little tick if you read it, if you haven't. So I can, actually I got a text uh, from one of them saying, sorry, I've fallen behind on my reading. It keeps them accountable, he felt it himself. <coughs> it's a great way to keep accountable to, to reading scripture. But I encourage everyone, if you haven't got that, so it is a great app, if ever, if you've got a phone, it's a great way of um, doing that. It's a whole lot of devotion sort of things. If you need help in working that out, I'm happy to do that with you. But, but within those spaces, we're encouraging one another to, to grow in our reading and understanding of Scripture. We're encouraging each other to be uh, not just stagnant in faith. We're encouraging each other in growth. So Jordan, be an example of growth in your own life. Be an influencer of spiritual growth. Paul paints a pretty good picture that through his story, through his continual input in the lives of people over the years, verse 24, we come back to it, he says, they glorified God because of me. I like the message version of it. Um, uh, verse 24, it says, their response was to recognize and worship God because of me. They didn't just do what Paul did, but they worshiped and loved God. They recognized and worshiped God because of him. We have responsibility to help each other to grow, don't we? To, to lift up those who might be struggling, to take along on the journey of faith those who might need a, a little gentle prod. When I was commissioned here, David Devine spoke, and he preached a, a wonderful message, and it was a, a pretty simple message that told me, I need to show us Jesus. Sorry, it didn't mean it's simple, David, like it was a simple message, but... Oops. <laughs> Show us Jesus, he said. Lead us to Jesus. So Jordan, bring our youth and young adults to Jesus. Be a Jesus type of person. Share Jesus with them. Be a caregiver. Care for others. And be an encourager of growth. Encourage our young people to encourage one another to grow deeper in Jesus. And we're looking forward to what God's doing within this church not just through Jordan, but through each of us as we seek to live out the mission of God in this church. Let me pray. So our God, we, um, we recognize that by the nature of being a, a follower of Jesus that we have influence. May we be people of good character that influence well. May we be people that share Jesus in our lives, through our lives, through our words. May we be people who care for others out of a, a place where we are cared for ourselves. And may we be people who encourage growth in faith, in study, in love for Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen.